Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I've got Ryan Talbot here in New York Upstate joining me right now on the West or on the West Her Hotline. And first things first, uh, Ryan, uh, are you, I can't remember, are you much of an NBA fan? Uh, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, so I'm not much of an NBA playoff fan since they haven't really been there in a while, but... You know, I am buddy. A I'm a Knicks fan. fan. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan. I've been buddy. watching though. <laughs> I know. I've been cheering for the. I've been cheering for the Knicks because they have so many former Bulls on that team. Right. Yeah. Gibson. You've got D Rose, and yeah, it's. It's been, you know, the NBA, uh, I, I've also been watching some NHL as well. I I always kind of find myself this time of year sort of picking a playoff based on, you know, what what are the storylines, what's more exciting. And right now, that Knicks-Atlanta series, the, the Clippers and um, the Mavs series, they're just really entertaining. There's a lot of good storylines. You know, I'm watching D. Rose drop 30 um, like he's a vintage D. Rose or something. So, um, but, you know, one of the conversations we've been having and we had yesterday when I was on with Bulldog is just the fan engagement. Everyone is real excited to be back. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, we were sort of, we, we, we brushed upon yesterday, Ryan, was, you know, that first Bills game uh, in September against the Steelers, you know, like, I'm a little nervous for it, to be honest. Just basically, like, nobody's been, not not 100% capacity. Now, we had some people there for the playoff games, but let's be real, Ryan. I mean, that's nothing like what a game day in September, especially a home opener, is going to be like with 100% capacity. You know, are you at all, like, thinking in the back of your mind a little worried about, like, what the fan interaction is going to be like? And, and, and are people going to be able to, you know, maintain and be mature about being back in the stadium? Like, I guess my question for you is if you had a kid that was like 12 years old, would you be comfortable bringing him to the home opener against the Steelers? Yeah, personally, I, I don't know if I would for the home opener. Like you said, I think what we've seen in other sports, I heard you talking about baseball with the Padres fan that just knocked the, the man out with one punch. Right. We've seen uh, fans spitting on players, the popcorn falling on players, food getting thrown. You know, And we've even seen pre-pandemic some things that have happened at Bills games, things getting tossed onto the field. We've seen some fights in the stands, some people uh, that get pretty well inebriated before the kickoff. <laughs> so uh, the, the fact that they've been pent up in, in their homes now for well over a year uh, without NFL football, it's going to be definitely interesting to see how these first few games play out in terms of the fights, in terms of I'm sure there'll be some viral videos that, uh, that uh, hit the Internet tailgating or or maybe even in the stadium so yeah i, I think if i was uh, bringing a, a younger kid with me i would maybe hold off at least until around mid-season 
Yeah, I, I sort of feel the same way. And listen, you know, my dad, when I was growing up, I was, you know, never really allowed to go to Dolphins games, right? Like when I was growing up, there were games I could go to and there were games that I couldn't go to. And the Dolphin game every year was like the one game I was not allowed to go to. So when I finally had season tickets, um, the Dolphin game was sort of like a rite of passage, right? Because that's everybody hates the Dolphins. Bills fans don't like Dolphins fans. And, you know, like they blow up a fish in the parking lot. Like there was just a lot uh, that would go into those games. But like... I, I think it's it's a little different now, and I I I guess I what I'm trying to say is I understand that people are sort of like blowing off some steam and like they've got a full year of like I haven't been out I gotta go crazy here a little bit, but I do think that there's professional sports, particularly fan conduct. There's always sort of like an unwritten set of rules um and i think we're almost at the point ryan where we might have to like actually write those rules down now like they, they've gone past unwritten and more so like we need to have a code of conduct that everybody sort of abides by here so that we can all enjoy this because i think a lot of times what the conversation we're having about like would you bring your kid to a game i think it's important that like you know sabers games and bills games we want them to be family environments we want you to be able to bring your kid to a game we also want guys and gals that are adults to be able to enjoy their Sunday afternoon, blow some steam off and have a couple of adult beverages. But like there's I'm wondering, you know, where that line is going to be. And, and I'm definitely a little nervous about it going into the season for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's understandable. And, and the, the tough part about any kind of like code of conduct is, you know, what what is right? What is wrong? Where Where is the cutoff point? What can you do? What can't you do um, when it comes to fan behavior? Uh, you know, what's the punishment for a first time? Is, is there an automatic right. loss of, of, you know, season tickets or whatever the case may be based on what they're doing? So it, it's hard to get everyone on the same page with stuff like that. There, there certainly needs to, to be more awareness this year because of everything going on, the fact that we're most likely going to see students in full capacity for the first time in over a year. Uh, it, it's going to be, especially that first game, because you yeah. know that Pittsburgh fans will travel well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's going to be a pretty split base. Now, when you get to Washington, when you get to the Houston Texans, I don't think you're going to see uh, a ton of their fans in Orchard Park at that time of the year. Texans especially, down years, you know, is, is the expectation. You don't know what's happening with Watson there. Washington is a very good defense, but I don't know if their fans will travel to uh, Orchard Park for that one or not, but... Yeah, that first game is going to be worrisome just because there's going to be a good split of fans there in attendance. Uh, Ryan Talbot here of New York Upstate, Syracuse.com, the Shout Podcast. And if you haven't taken uh, or checked out the Shout Podcast, uh, both Ryan and Matt Perino, it's one of my favorite ones around right now. Make sure you check them out wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, um, you know, I, Apple iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, Ryan, I wanted to, to sort of start first with you. Before we kind of get into the bills, I think, you know, this Julio Jones, I've got Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons. He's joining me right after you to get a little bit of a better feel of what's going on, maybe like where he believes Julio Jones ends up but you know this week we've seen a concerted effort by several people but most namely A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans really recruiting hard Julio Jones and I'm wondering what you believe Julio Jones presence in the AFC does to the dynamic of the AFC and where that may be you know if if you're a Bills fan why you might be a little concerned by that and I think the first team I'm thinking of here is Tennessee and what do you believe Julio Jones brings to the Tennessee Titans if he does end up getting traded there and do you believe he's the type of player that maybe brings them up a tier? He's the type of player that brings your team up a tier as long as you have a quarterback in place. And I think Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that, that's good enough that, that you would consider that uh, the Titans would move up a tier. I know Tannehill is never going to be talked about with the Patrick Mahomes and the Aaron Rodgers and the Josh Allens of the world, 
Uh, but he, he is a capable quarterback that people kind of forgot about because of his tenure in Miami. He's been very good uh, in, in Tennessee. They obviously still have Derrick Henry. And then you add, if you were to add a Julio Jones to an A.J. Brown, uh, all of a sudden that offense is very dangerous and could hurt you in a variety of ways. So, yeah, that is one team where uh, I see them elevating, or I see a player like Julio Jones elevating them up to the next level. And, and, you know, obviously another team that you hear a lot about is the New England Patriots, where I don't think he would have the same effect there because going back to the quarterback factor. Right. We don't know what Cam Newton is anymore. Uh, we don't know when he's going to turn over the keys to the castle, so to speak, because I would be very surprised if he started every game in New England this year, unless there's a juggernaut and and Cam Newton goes back to his MVP form, which I don't anticipate. Mac Jones is going to start at some point this season, and I don't see Julio Jones being a factor. I mean, we've seen what? Terrell Owens come through Buffalo Mm -hmm. when they had uh, some subpar quarterback play. We've seen other players come through here. They drafted Sammy Watkins to be that guy with E.J. Manuel, and obviously going to work out in either of their cases, but a wide receiver can elevate a team if you have your quarterback in place. I'm wondering, you know, I, there was a lot of moves, I mean, subtle moves. I mean, they go out and they draft Rashad Bateman. They go out and they sign uh, Sammy Watkins in the offseason to add with, you know, Hollywood Brown. But the Ravens, I've got Sean Stepner coming up at, 12, at, uh, at noon. So we're going to get another good look at a team that could potentially land Julio Jones or has been at least talked about as landing Julio Jones. I'm wondering... Does that move the needle at all for you if he goes to Baltimore? And I guess I'll preface that question by saying, you know, giving you a little bit of thought on my end, is I just don't think, I mean, you could add, you could put Jerry Rice in that system, and I'm just not sure that based on, again, this is not, I don't think, I want to make sure that I'm not making a shot at Lamar Jackson, because I'm not. This is more of a shot at Greg Roman that I just don't believe they have the passing structure or scheme or system that can, you know, really get the ball to a receiver in multiple set of ways, and I think... Julio Jones adds to the dynamic of that room. I'm just not sure that he really adds, like, wins above replacement, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I was just going to mention Greg Rowan when you started talking about the Ravens. Is he willing to adapt his system to make it more? Uh, it doesn't have to be passing the like Buffaloes, but you need to realize that you don't need to be uh, ground and pound so much. You don't have to limit the, the pass stems. I think Lamar Jackson is more capable than... than people uh, think is a passer, and just for whatever reason, I guess the success that they have had in that offense over the first few years of his career, they haven't really let him grow as a passer. And now you're giving him these weapons, and if you add a Julio Jones to that room where you've already added some other talent at the wide receiver position, well, yeah, then it's going to come down to Greg Roman and his willing to adjust, his willing to say, okay, you know, this is a game where we're going against a weak secondary. We're really going to depend on the passing game this week. It's okay that to have a good system where you run the ball and you run the ball effectively, uh, especially against teams that struggle against it. But in today's modern NFL, you also have to be able to pass the ball and pass the ball well, and that's something that we haven't been able to see out of Jackson. And I really feel it's Greg Roman that's holding back that offense more yeah. than anything else. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Let's, um, Ryan, let's move into the Bills here a little bit. Obviously, OTAs this week, and we, we don't see Star Tule or Stephon Diggs amongst a couple of other players, or key players, I should say, um, for OTAs. But again, they are voluntary. Your thoughts overall, I... 
I don't really have an opinion one way or another on, you know, Stefan Diggs. I think for the most part, we, you know, Stefan Diggs is going to be working his ass off regardless. And you know, he's going to show up to, to, to mandatory mini camp into training camp in the best shape and a guy that's ready to hit the ground running. I, it's the Star Latule one that opened my eyes a little bit because, and, and, and even hearing Sean McDermott's reaction, he didn't say anything in particular that, would make me think like they're worried about Star, but I do I do think it's in the back of their mind, and I wonder where you are with Star Latulale because I think it would have been nice after a year off to see him at voluntary minicamp, getting you know reacclimated with the team and the defensive line, and he's not there, and he's a really important piece for them, Ryan. Yeah, he's a key cog for that piece, especially in terms of taking on offensive linemen, freeing things up for the linebacker position, making life easier for Pat Oliver, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, you mentioned it, it's optional. You can't be too upset if a player doesn't show up because he was one of many veteran defensive linemen that weren't there. But he's also the only one that opted out of the season in 2020. So he, he has not uh, played a game of football or played a snap of football in quite some while. He probably has some rust to shake off. I'm sure the team has a good idea of what kind of shape he's in, but it would still have been nice to have him there, get in the building, meet some of his teammates that uh, are now entering maybe their second year in, in a system that he really hasn't had a chance to, to get to know because of the pandemic and everything that was going on. Maybe he met them virtually, but not in person. Yeah, a lot of new faces, rookies along that defensive line for him to get to know as well. But just uh, you know, the, the peace of mind of, okay, he's back in the building, He's, we have that feeling he's playing for us this year, but at the same time, until he walks through those doors, you don't know for sure. Uh, he made a lot of money in his career, and maybe he said, oh, you know, that, that year off wasn't so bad. I'm feeling better than ever. I have a lot in the bank. Mind you, he'd be turning down $10-plus million if he doesn't play this year. I think that uh, that's enough motivation right there to come back. But you still want to get him in the building, shake that rust off, see what he can do. See if you need to make a phone call and maybe bring in some some true one-technique depth right. because they have those tweener players that can play one-tech, three-tech. Uh, but you, you might want to get someone that's more of a pure one-tech if right. you're not liking what you're seeing out of Latulalei. And I guess that's kind of the point I'm making here, right? Is This, this isn't maybe – it's not a worry about – you know whether or not he's in shape, I guess, to me. I guess the question becomes is I think, I think if you're Sean McDermott – you want to know what you're getting this year from the one technique position because it was a pain point for them. And I think in an ideal world, they do not want to move around. I, I think Ed Oliver and Cody Ford are two guys that are in the same conversation for me as leave them in one place and give them an opportunity to thrive in one spot because they just both of these guys keep getting moved around and it's it's stunting their development. And I think if you really want to see and maximize Ed Oliver, I think you need a, a fully functioning Star Latulale. And if you don't have that, right, I, I mean, you don't want to be in July and mandatory before you know training camp wondering if you need to make a move at one tech because they're out there, but they're not going to be there for that much longer. Like, Kwan Short kind of pops up in my head. Is he a guy that could come in and, and play one tech if you need him to? I think the answer is yes, but I don't know. I just, Ryan, for me, he is such a consequential player at this point in the game. I, I just, they are in a tough spot with him because they're kind of, he holds the leverage in terms of money because they restructured him. Yeah, I mean, they own all the leverage, or he owns all the leverage there, and I mean, uh, with, with the way NFL salaries work, even if you were to, sell out, to walk away, the Bills are still on the hook for that money. They might be able to get some bonuses back. But, 
you, you know, you're depending on this guy. He's a, a key player to your defensive line. They struggled against the run without him. They, they know that life without him would be tough again. Uh, if he's not there, you're banking on a, a player like Harrison Phillips returning to form. And, you know, maybe that happens because it's been over a year since his second uh, serious injury, lower body injury, ACL. Uh, and it's about that time that you do start to feel better again. Last year, I don't think he was anywhere near truly 100% of what he thought he could be. Uh, maybe it's then uh, you, you stick a Vernon Butler there more than a one to, uh, three technique, and, and then you truly let Ed Oliver flourish at that three technique and play there and play the majority of snaps and rotate another player that's on that depth chart there. You know, this defensive line has so much promise, but right. it's right. going to come down to the interior play because – uh, you, you have your Jerry Hughes and your Mario Addison. You have so many young faces coming off the edge now as well. And if you can push the pocket on the inside and, and get anything from Ed Oliver, uh, it, it's going to really help out those young pass rushers. Uh, a player like A.J. Epinesa that I think could have a really big yeah. year now that he's at the weight that they want him to be at, now that uh, he has a year in the system under his belt. And this is going to truly be like his first real season being coached up by Eric Washington in the off season, leading up to the regular season. So, there's a lot there, and you have Rousseau and Boogie Basham, and, and maybe F.A. Obata ends up making this roster after, uh, despite them adding two defensive ends early. So you still need that, though, from the interior of the, the line to create that push, or for Star Latula to help them stop the run in those early downs to get them in those predictable spots. So, yeah, a, a lot of Buffalo's success is going to come down to Latula walking through those doors, and then also the level of play that he brings in 2021. All right, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Thanks for hopping on with me. Uh, what kind of content you and uh, Perino got coming up on the Shout Podcast here uh, over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, we're going to be looking every week at, at their different uh, the camps that they have, the OTAs, the mini camps as, as the summer goes on here. And we'll also be looking at early 53-man roster projections. We'll be bringing on a lot of media members, yourself included, some former Bills players possibly, and some celebrity Bills fans as well. So keep an eye out for Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Awesome. Appreciate you, buddy. As always, enjoy your long weekend, and thanks for joining us. No problem. Right, Ryan Talbot there of New York Upstate joining us on the West Her Hotline. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 